Hey friends, I'm Sarah, your Christian forgiveness coach, and you're listening to Forgive Everyone for Everything Every Day Right Away, where I talk about forgiveness, how to do it, and how to overcome all the things that get in the way of it. I'm not a therapist or a counselor. I'm a highly trained, certified life coach, a Christian, and I'm here to share my experiences and wisdom with you, but also grow and evolve along the way. Everything I share comes from love. Thanks for joining me on this journey. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, everybody. This is Sarah, and you are listening to Forgive Everyone for Everything, Every Day, Right Away. Let's start out with our forgiveness prayer. Holy Spirit, is there someone that we haven't forgiven? Please help us to remember that now. And as the Holy Spirit brings that to your mind, go ahead and forgive right now. Say the words out loud. Spoken words are important, folks. Say those words out loud if you have a place that you can speak privately. Pause here if you need time to speak those words. Tell them exactly what you forgive them for. Don't leave anything out. Get it all out. And now as you have forgiven, you are forgiven. As you have released, you have been released. Darkness no longer has the authority to torment you with that. Take a deep breath and just let it go. And now speak that blessing over that person. You know how you know they need your blessings? Because you needed to forgive them. You felt hurt by something someone did or said. They need your blessings. That's how you know. They've caused you to suffer. They need your blessings. That's how you know. So bless them. Forgive them and bless them. Bless them to hear from God. Bless them to know who they are. Bless them to walk into their destiny and purpose on this earth. In Jesus' name, amen. So today, I thought I would talk about forgiveness and bad habits. So when we're uh, having trouble forgiving and we're suffering with our thoughts and our emotions about something someone did or said, oftentimes we find ourselves trying to escape those painful emotions when we have not learned how to process them and forgive. And oftentimes these end up being with bad habits. Now, bad habits are something I'll kind of classify as something we do often when we're resisting facing something. Something we do to feel better in the moment, but the long-term result not so good. The bad habit can be anything from biting your nails, overspending, eating a box of Thin Mints, even pornography, alcohol, drugs. Anything that feels good in the moment gives us short-term relief or pleasure, but in the long run, we know it's not good for us and actually affects us negatively. So now it's become a habit. After we've done it so many times, we're now kind of basically doing it on autopilot. 
subconsciously without even thinking about it. So I myself personally have done this with alcohol, uh, cannabis, shopping. Uh, I had a really bad habit a long time, uh, biting my cheeks and my lips, even uh, watching Netflix. You get the picture. So now I want you to think about like how the brain works. Our brains are designed to keep us alive, right? They're designed to seek pleasure. Things like warmth, water, food, connection with other humans, sex. Our brains seek these, seek these things and we get a dopamine hit and our brain's like, yes, this is good. That part of our brain, the part that says, yes, this is good, that's all its job is, is to say, yes, this is good. Let's do that. And we as human beings with the brains the Lord has given us, these amazing brains, we have to use the thinking part of our brain to then decide if in fact <laughs> this is good for us. Warmth, yes. Water, for sure. Food from the earth, yep. Connection with community, for sure. Sex, you bet. These things help us survive and thrive as a species. The other things, the ones I'm putting in that bad habit category, do not. The part of our brain that says, yes, do that, (laughs) it thinks that they do. Okay, so because those things are creating those dopamine hits in our brain. But the problem is these dopamine hits are coming from false pleasures. So let's take let's take water, for example. We need it to survive, right? When we're really thirsty, that glass of water is so good, right? When we get that dopamine hit, it's like, oh, we feel so great. And we're satisfied. Survival, check, right? But let's compare that with something like another liquid. Whether it's sugar-filled soda or alcohol. This creates a dopamine hit as well. But like, whoa, in super concentrated form, right? So knowing how the brain works, it makes sense that our brain would be like, um, let's do more of that. (laughs) Yes, we need more of that. But the problem is it's too much. It's concentrated. And this dopamine hit is so high and unnatural It's like our brain needs more and more of it to satisfy the want for that pleasure. So you could also make this comparison, say, between sex with your partner. That creates a dopamine hit. Connection. Survival of the species, right? But then compare that to a dopamine hit from something like pornography. Or even scrolling Facebook or Instagram. Totally 
concentrated dopamine hit, right? To the point where the more you watch, the more you need it to even get the same amount of dopamine hit that you want from it. These are false pleasures, folks. These concentrated things like alcohol, sugar, porn, shopping for things we don't even need, they give us this immediate reward in our brain. And now our brain thinks these things are important for our survival. When the truth is, of course, that they're not. But of course, it makes sense that our brains would think that. And now we've programmed it to think so. So now that bad habit or false pleasure is now both the problem and the solution. That's what I mean by net negative effect. Alcohol is such a perfect example of this. And it's so fascinating to me because alcohol is like so normalized in our society. It's like everyone does it, right? And when a group like finds out you don't drink, they're like, why? It's so much fun. Why aren't you drinking? I know I used to think that. You were like weird if you didn't drink. I remember when my kids were toddlers, I called it mommy juice. (laughs) Anybody else do that? I remember I could not, I would watch the clock, right? I could not wait until five o'clock because some singer wrote a song about happy hour and it was after five and it was time to pour that first glass of wine. And it was almost like a joke between me and my friends. And I remember loving this Facebook page called mommy needs vodka. And I thought it was so funny and so real. And then one day I realized I didn't want to drink anymore. So I tried not to. But then I found myself with a glass of wine in my hand anyway. And then two and then three because my tolerance was building up. I was starting to have slight hangovers. I wasn't sleeping well. And then I had all sorts of judgment about my drinking. Like, why couldn't I just stop? Why couldn't I just have one glass? Why did I hate it in the morning, but then want it so bad in the evening? And what I learned is that I had simply programmed my brain to do so. And if I could program it to do so, then I could program it to not do so. And that's exactly what I did. Was it easy? No, it was not. (laughs) Why? Because then I had to feel my feelings and I had to feel negative emotion, which as we know, feels terrible. So much better to just numb out, right? Except that cycle doesn't end. So I want you to think about your bad habit. If you have one, are you aware Is it something like I experienced where you both love and hate it? You both want to do it and don't want to do it? And why are you doing it? I thought I was drinking to relieve the stress of a day with my kids. I thought I needed it to relax. I had programmed myself to think I needed it to relax. Now remember, we've talked about courage, right? Sounds so grand and noble, right? But it's so uncomfortable. It takes courage and a lot of it to do this work of breaking bad habits that aren't serving you. So what bad habits do you want to stop doing? You have to be willing to face the reason 
the feeling you may be avoiding when you started the habit to face it and allow it and process it. It's hard, I won't lie, but it's work worth doing because I feel now, or how I feel now, like I don't even think about alcohol anymore and that feels amazing. I can be at a bar, I can be in a group of friends who are drinking, I can have alcohol in my house and I genuinely don't want it. Just like I didn't want it before I even knew what it was. So, my question for you is how is your forgiveness practice going? Are you escaping your forgiveness work and the feelings it brings up by partaking in any bad habits that aren't serving you only to find yourself feeling even worse after? I want you to know that I see you. That I get it. And that if you want help with any of these concepts and you want to coach with me, I've got you. Just reach out. I'm here for you. I want you all to know that whenever I have success with something, the first thing that pops into my head is how can I help someone else just achieve or learn the thing that I just achieved or learned so I can help them. So a lot of what I talk about is kind of what I've gone through or am going through. And I want to share it with anyone that it might help. So with that, may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. I love you all. Talk next time. Hello, my friends. If you are ready to take the concepts I share and teach to a deeper level in your life and relationships, please join me in my one-on-one coaching program where we will talk about forgiveness and how it applies to whatever is going on in your life. You can schedule a free consult call with me on my website at thechristianforgivenesscoach.com. Let's master the art of forgiveness together.